Play us in, Jim. So when I crawl, I comes correct, comes correct. You heard the physical safety story from a class that I taught, right? This was years ago. Okay, no, let tell it. Tell us this. Um, I was teaching at the ant, mm. and. Uh, there was a guy in the class who was a little bit older uh, than me, and uh, he was more of a like a, an actor, actor yeah. guy. And everybody else was kind of improvisers that we knew. Mm-hmm. And he was okay, but you know, he never like blew me away. And then one day, um, he was playing like an acrobat or something like a circus performer. Yeah. And um, you know, during the course of the scene, he and the girl he was playing with. She bumps into him, he falls to the ground, and he's like, my leg, my leg. And she's like, oh, your career as an acrobat is ruined. And I'm like, yes, you guys. I'm like, side coach, I'm like, yeah, you're nailing it. This is great. But meanwhile, like, she had hit his knee with her knee, and his kneecap was out of place. And he turned and looked me square in the eyes and said, I'm not improving. (laughs) 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 And you're like, like yes, you're getting it. <laughs> well, it's never felt I'm, more real. I'm so like, I'm always fighting the, the need to correct. So the fact that he said improving like was more to compute before realizing that he was injured. Yeah. <laughs> it was sort of this like, well, you're not improvising either, apparently. And you were like, yeah, you could have like, told me, you know. Like, right. <laughs> and we had to call an ambulance. And then, oh, like, my the God. The ambulance driver hit on the girl who, you know, hit the guy with her knee and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was really cool to come back, and that and the class I had was was really supportive and fun and yeah, they're a good group. It's a nice. They're a big group actually. Yeah, a big group. Because sure. usually by that time you're like war of attrition, you're like bleeding down, you know. To, <laughs> they like fall off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I especially love like because you know I think like the planet ant idea and also like where I come from is just it's it's an easy job to watch people have these discoveries because all you have to do is be like, stop. What did they just say to you? So you're a stopper. Oh yeah. Okay. Because there are teachers that I say watchers and stoppers. I just made that up. I mean, you know, yeah, but there are people that will watch you do your set, take notes and then give you notes. And then mm. people will stop you and just say, stop. I mean, actually, I don't know. We haven't, we, like, Hovich will occasionally stop, but. Uh, uh, Hovich will stop quite often. Yeah, but really, we haven't had many teachers stop us. Most I of them are of the watching variety. Do they side coach? Uh, not, sometimes. Sometimes, but more often than not, we get notes at the end. Wait, you just play a set and they just sit there and watch you. They yeah, a lot anything. of the time. A lot of the Wait, time. Wayne likes to wait Weird. until the end because he wants to see what sort of creative content will Lauren, come out. Yeah. Lauren is like that too. And there is the argument of like, it's almost like being a documentary filmmaker who's like messing with your subject. You know, like yeah. if you stop it and change it, the moment can get lost. Or yeah, there's benefits to both. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then Garrett and uh, Mark are vehemently against watching. They're like, stop it right now. And you sound like you fall more on that side. Yeah. What's your argument for? Because you know where it's going to go. Yeah. It's going to be really tedious. <laughs> yeah. And even, so boring. Yeah, and even as an improviser, you know you're going into like a bad habit and you don't know how to get out of it. So. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't stop it. Yeah. Unless you call scene on yourself. But the thing is, everything was already there. That's mm-hmm. what is like one part frustrating and one part like, oh, this will be easy to fix. He just told you what the scene was about, but you were so busy. That's what we were talking about the other, like last night after the set was like, you know, improv 
in a baseball metaphor is like we're a team, but there's times where you're up to bat, right? And so when it comes to you and you, I was going to say you're a beginner, but this could be any point. Yeah. You're like, I hope when it's my turn, I say the right thing that is funny and will not <laughs> be poorly analyzed by my friends who study improv like yeah. I do, <laughs> um, which is like the most that can horrible be the wor- yeah. place to come from. Yeah. But it can be the worst feeling too. Cause you're just like, if you're striking out in front of people, Though, I mean, just like baseball metaphor, most of the time you will be striking out. Yeah. Um, Do you have those sets where you feel like the audience loves everyone in the set but you? Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. Every time I come out here, they like I feel a lot like seem that lately. disappointed. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, man. Yeah, okay. I'm like, it's like a <laughs> like whole like, they all turn into crickets. Or they yeah. avoid yeah. eye contact with you after the set's over. Yeah. <laughs> you try well, and shake a friend's hand and he slaps you. Yeah. yeah, well, you're probably still playing that stupid slapping game. Yeah. It never I'm, ends for John. Sorry, I editorialized. Haven't gone up yet. <laughs> oh, this isn't journalism. You can share your opinions. But are there going back to teaching? Are there bad habits that you see like very common that you know drive you crazy and that are common? Like at the intermediate level, like for all the improv improv students out there listening, <coughs> quit fucking doing this. You know, listening obviously, selling each other out. <laughs> it's like the biggest pet peeve of mine. You know, like, just let the shiny object go by. If somebody, you know, just accept the stuff. Let's move on. Let's work together. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I had a bunch, and then I forgot. One, non, not all the time thing, but Tiny Kane makes me totally crazy. Like, every time somebody plays an old person, and they, like, bend over, and, like, the cane is up to their <laughs> knees. Like a Yoda cane. Like, that's a big hang-up for me. Um, like, they make them... Plenty tall enough. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> well, they could only afford and check them out. Yeah, they could only afford a drum set stick. <laughs> right, right. It's just like, and then the other hand goes to the back. Um, I'm gonna use an extra long cane next time. <laughs> <laughs> like like a Gandalf, like staff. A staff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the other thing is, um, you know, the surrender element. Mm-hmm. I think we we all always fight with that um not committing to character um how important is character to you some people on here have said that it's not that it's more about scene building in the early stages as opposed and don't worry about character and other people say well character is a choice and that can help you inform the scene and make it stronger do you have a particular feeling either way like how do you yeah. operate i'm um, character is everything to me yeah because that's what i did before i came to improv was character actor and because then you can get into this pocket of make-believe because, uh, you know, you're, you have to make yourself believe it in the audience. So you, if you get in deep enough in a character, then you don't ever have to think about what you're going to say again. You just be. Mm-hmm. And then it happens. Uh, so that's, that's my pocket. I have the problem there. that I get in the character and then my character is very combative and he doesn't want to surrender. Interesting. I've seen that. Well, but I think. But the once you're there, I mean, are you? Is it like you're so immersed, the, yeah. like you're son of Sam all of a sudden, like? Yeah, I just go deep, and then I'm like, oh, there's a scene. I just ignore it all. John mm. is a lot of rage. I'm getting that vibe. Mm-hmm. This character he plays is a pizza delivery guy. <laughs> 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 and he's pays, an angry dude. Yeah, that pays four hundred dollars for nine pizzas. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I mean, but how do you, uh, do you actively try to address, like, I try, I think about it before, and then I go into the scene and things happen, 
and I'm, I'm just the character. <laughs> Things happen. I just I just go into the character and whatever the character would do, that's what I'm doing. It's then like afterwards a I'm like movie, you know? afterwards I'm like, oh, all that stuff I thought of before, I didn't do yeah, any if, of it. If I can paraphrase, because this happens to me too, is you think you're like, okay, I'm gonna do this, like I'm gonna uh, listen and not be get not get into a fight or do you know like build give gifts you know all these things yeah. and then the scene starts it's all out the window you're like yeah i'm just trying to stay alive out here well first of all don't make a list yeah make one thing mm-hmm. you can't do all that at once you but know tr- but we try i understand yeah. no I, like but i said it's a lot of it is for me at least is getting out of my head what's, you know? yeah. what's an example of the one thing uh for me lately has been getting back to playing character hmm. but usually it's get off your ass you lazy shit <laughs> <laughs> do some damn object work that isn't a coke in the fridge or a cup of coffee <laughs> well you... oh, that's another hang up when people like sweep and then as soon as like the it's always like oh welcome come on in and then as soon as you start to talk they like put the broom away <laughs> like, put it off the side come on in have a seat let's stand here and talk to each other <laughs> well i will say that you and mark too you have a very kind of like laid back style like you're not afraid to pause and just be Mm. like it's not frenetic where you're talking over each other that's another thing you see a lot in early improvisers I I include myself in that it's like you're just like you know wait like okay now it's my turn to talk when is gonna be on my turn to talk and you guys have a really good way about the when you're doing that Mars set you know like there was Mm. this whole thing where you were at a bullfight and uh, you were smoking a cigarette and Mark was just sitting down and we were just kind of just saying like almost like a lot of innuendo to each other, you know, just like very... It's like a noir scene. Yeah, like noir. devil may care, like, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. I'll have to go back. It's like, well, I guess you'll have to, but you'll be back. You know, mm-hmm. I just like... And then the piano music. I thought the music really enhanced I that. do this and that and then I have sex with you. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How much rehearsing do you do together, like... We don't. At, at all? No. I mean, I guess the rehearsal would be like when I go to his house and we sit on his couch and talk. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but you do it really characters. Re- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Super not awkward at all. Sitting on the couch and talking is really reflected in your physicality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it is. We're very self-professed, like, you know, sit Yeah. Mark, Mark, Mark calls himself Cherry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cherry. Like, cherry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the thing I thought of when you were talking about that, that over-talking thing, though, yeah. is... I feel like what makes the difference, and this is where I kind of miss having more theater people in improv, yeah. is, you know, in studying theater, they say, like, move with purpose, right? So if you're moving on stage, and that works for improv, too. Like, you're yeah. not just meandering, and, and it's all supported and whatever. And I feel like the the speech in a scene should be like that as well. Mm. And so it's really not... Um, and so, and so much of it has to be about how are you feeling about that other person on stage and what do you want from them? Yeah. So all those other, like how to go about being good at this things mm-hmm. don't, don't have any bearing. And when you are playing in that place, they kind of fall to the wayside. Cause it's like, you know, using that noir scene for an example is yeah. like, we took a physical posture and then it was like, how do we feel about each other? Sexy, mm-hmm. you know? And then you, you just, Cause the other, this was my biggest aha moment of all time in improv. I was doing a set with, uh, with the home, t- uh, sorry, with the main stage. I mm-hmm. was maybe like in that second city for like six months. Mm-hmm. I'm playing with Larry Joe Campbell, and he, you know, I always thought like if you do three line scenes and try to get the who, what, and where out, like you get an A plus if you do all three. Like I was a real director, yeah, on stage, and I still do, but yeah. Um, 
But this particular time, I was afraid and I didn't have much to say. And so I just threw out like one idea. And then it's just like the basics. Like he built on it. And then I was like, you're here too. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to do all of it. I've been like busting my balls to try to do all the work, you know? Um, And then you realize like, oh, we're walking hand in hand on this journey. Like, But what do you do? Like, do you ever have... Uh, I'm sure you've had things where you've, well, maybe no, you haven't, where you improv with someone that you don't have trust in. That's really hard for me. Yeah. Because uh, I would say that you've come into a different situation from us because you started out at a high level in improv, meaning with the cast, but we're with people that either aren't as committed or aren't frankly as good. And just, sure. uh, you know, we're all at different levels, not to say that we're so great, but it's like, you know, if you get to know certain people enough, you're like, this is not. It's not going to happen. Hugging like, the back line. Yeah, and you mm-hmm. feel like I have to. I have to do that. You feel a responsibility. Like I have to save this. So yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Second City was a, a, a cast that was put together. Yeah. So it's not like the home team were like straight poop. Like pretty much, I am the final like thumbs up for home I've, team. Yeah, members. I've heard that. Yeah. Um. So that's me, like, putting together my fun, you know. You're like the Lorne Michaels. Kickball league yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> the Lorne Michaels. <laughs> yep, it's Tony, super this on is that how, same yeah. level. We're all going to do some improv. Yeah, sure we are. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you're cast in something, you don't have a choice. So there was definitely people. More of those were, like, personality clashes than, like, you know, not as experienced. But, I mean, that's happened on the home team nights when sometimes when, you know, and I, we've, I'm not talking out of school. Yeah. Um, you are the school. <laughs> There's a lot of different styles, you know, and like I need to be rooted and, 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 you know, together with people. But some people are good at play. It's like, do you play from your balls or you play from your head? Like mm-hmm. I play from the balls and people play from the head. Both are right depending on what your, you know, yeah. result is. But um, sometimes when they get in that real head zone, like I'm, I need to be able to like bear and play characters and, and, and stop thinking and just throw myself in. And if I don't feel like I trust it, then I'm not going to play. And so in talking about how you're like the final authority on the home team members, Mm. what do you look for in a home team member? Because there are a range of styles in the home team. Looks. This is the time when everyone should pay attention (laughs) out there because (laughs) this is how you get on the home team. That's right. Give us the template, Margaret. Well, I do hate to disappoint because we do have like 100,000 members right now. So it's okay. not a quick train. 42, mm-hmm. I think. Two, I got four. that question right at the uh, Christmas party. Oh, oh wow. You're so smart, Jim. How did you know that? It was the obvious answer. Wasn't it multiple choice? It was multiple choice. Oh, it was. Oh. It was just the highest Jim, number. you always leave these huge details out of the story. <laughs> <laughs> like Buried the lead. Um, I, I mean, first and foremost, it's interest in the place. Like, do you come, watch stuff? Do you play guest sets? Have we seen you? Uh, you know, how you doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's different ways people come to it. I mean, it's, you know, everybody that comes is great, and we're, we love to have them there. Sometimes people show up to be like, mm, they better ask me tonight, you know, to play with them. No. Uh, that's not going to do it, I'll yeah. be quite honest. Because um, it's, it's like any other thing that you get involved with. You want to be remembered and part of it and um, do well, mm-hmm. you know? And then if there are side projects at a class shows or, you know, like for Travis, it was um, one quarter Bruce. Yeah. Did I get that right? I don't know. I have mom disease, so I screw up the names of things like really bad. I think he's in that, right? Okay. Yeah. So like he tried out, you know, they played him in the the 
sets for that. And then we get to see him with home teamers or whatever. Yeah. So it's just kind of a like persistent involvement. Um, and then, you know, and I can be pretty like, um, oblivious. Yeah. So it takes a little while. Um, so like, you know. do, do people say like, you know, like what, what took so long? You know, or like, you're like, well, I was waiting mm-hmm. for you to notice me. Yeah. There were probably still people that were like, mm-hmm. I can't believe it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do also get like a lot of recommendations from the cast or whatever. Like, oh, okay. Like we really think Travis has been doing great on these weekends or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, oh, stop lying to me. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I don't know why I have this. I have it out for Travis right now. I think oh, he's one, of, one the of the new yeah. fish. You know, I taught him when he was like 19. Aw, he was a baby. And he was the first kid I knew that had that like long swoopy <laughs> Bieber hair. hair. Yeah, that like returned to the 70s kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do love him, but I don't know. Sometimes you get really like, you know, you get really focused on like, oh, I want to give you particularly so much shit right now. Yeah. <laughs> I actually told him like, I'm having a weird Freaky Friday thing because I want to give Travis all this shit and I've been like super defending Hovich. Oh, really? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I have a soft spot Ho- for him right now. Really? Because he takes a lot of abuse. I know. Well, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be a universal theme among home team members. Like, yeah, it's like, you know. Yeah, well, you know, it's, I mean, he really is, I don't have any brothers, but he was like, he would be like having a little brother because mm-hmm. it's one of those like, he expects you to give it to him and he gives you just the right reaction of being upset about it. Yeah. And he <laughs> makes it easy, but I mean, he's a hardworking dude. Yeah. He's, no, absolutely. He's, like he's done a lot, like at the teaching program and stuff and the expansion yeah. of the classes. Yeah. Good work, Hovich. One thing, I will, one thing I will say about the home team is one thing they're good at is having a lot of multiple people on stage at the same time and not talking over each other mm. and is that just something you learn from knowing someone like is that possible for like a good group of improvisers to come together and talk because i did notice at diff where there were some like superstar groups there was a lot more talking over each other than i expected so mm. is that more a function of time like knowing each other or just being good at your shit yeah i think it's probably column a column b i mean you definitely get a vibe together when you converse with the same i'm sure you guys are like that you, yeah you, you know who's going to chime in when and probably what they're going to say by the yeah. time they say it. I talk and then I cut off everybody else. So okay. it's our system, <laughs> See, especially Heather. Yeah. But like, you know, I, I like, you know, when Sean McGettigan's going to come out mm-hmm. and probably about what he's going to do, yeah. not to say he's predictable, but you but know, his, we all have patterns. Yeah. Like his unpredictability is the predictability. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, like m- much of the time I'll cop to this, like one out of every say 14 scenes that i do i am a teacher calling the class in oh okay yeah because i i love playing the straight man and then i know that that structure everybody just has to pick a character and then they'll yeah oh yeah actually yesterday you did it with uh the fairies where uh you oh, were yeah. yeah. You were uh, lecturing a student about well, where where his parents were, but it turns out fairies had killed his parents, and <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I the couldn't whole time figure out story. if I was supposed to be able to see those fairies or not at first. Yeah, I don't think you were, but then for some reason Travis could see them, you know, and then he was like, "I got to get out of here." Yeah, way to go, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that got kind of creepy. Yeah, but in a good way. But it's like a classic sketch thing of like okay class everybody sit down and then you really don't ever teach anything yeah which is sometimes depressing to my nerdhood of like well, i really wanted to talk about the civil war you know? yeah well it's almost like the thing they talk about where 
you should never like if you're setting up for like a cliched action you should never do the action like if you're in a boxing match you should never start fighting it should be about something yeah well the worst one to try to improvise is we're in a band oh okay because you've got you know four or five people trying to like mime playing instruments in sync when there's no sound coming out. Yeah, so yeah. So just like a JB is calling. <gasps> the JB. Wow, JB he is, is interrupting. He just sits in with the band sometimes. Ah, he should know we're recording. Maybe he's trying to call in. Yeah. Just, I didn't answer. Did you take call-ins on the show? Maybe he's My on parents. his way here right really? now. My parents don't even know what a podcast is, and they've called him multiple times because <laughs> they called to like say hello and. And then try I'm, to win theater tickets. Yeah, Tony's exactly. dad never says hi to us. Yeah, yeah. I my dad loved yelling out loves yelling oh, yeah. out suggestions, and like at Second City, whenever he would be there, the cast would always be like, "Oh, your dad's here, Charlemagne." Because <laughs> <laughs> we had like this improvised. I want your dad to come to the jam now. Does oh he, yeah. Does he ever come to Mondays? Yeah, they come. Yeah, yeah he'll usually sit in the front. Real big guy. Uh, he should come the Monday. Big deep voice. Monday after Father's Day. Okay. Yeah, make Let's it happen. Can. Yeah, he. We used to have this thing where we would ask for like a, a historical figure in one of those like sort of plug and yeah. chug Second City mm-hmm. scenes, like historical figure, and every time it was either like uh, George Washington or Abraham Lincoln, mm-hmm. and then it was like, okay, can we have a figure? And then my dad's voice would be like, Solomon. Do you think? Do you think the home team is in a rut lately? I think we're breaking out of one. Okay. Because I just bring this up because you've switched up for many years. I mean, I've only been going there like a year and a half or so. But for many years, I've heard you've been doing uh, like a Laurent Amando. Mm -hmm. And you've switched it up by starting off with like some sort of short form game for the past like month or so. And what brought that about? Uh, it was a couple of things. We realized that we'd been playing a Laurent Amando for 10 years. I love that form, by the way. It's great. Um, one of the challenges, uh, well, first of all, I'll be honest, at least for me, inspiration was I started teaching again Mm. and it's kind of an awakening, you know, like, wow, I've really been, and I personally had been in a major slump, uh, for quite a while. Um, how would you define a slump for yourself? Uh, not playing as much characters or as, as deep. Like I want improv to have a certain level of bungee jumping to it where it's just like, you know, I can really let my hair down and, and not be thinking. And I was just thinking a lot. Yeah. Um, so it was one of those like, and, and I think also that form, as great as it is, if you have that many cutaways, you're never completing a scene. You're never taking a scene. I have, you, know, you always giggle, but you're never penetrating the scene. <laughs> I know, Sorry. right? Always. Um, Come correct. Because... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, like my wheelhouse, uh, in a running order at second city would have always been like the relationship scenes, playing wives, those kinds of things that are like two person scenes that, you know, your, your relationship goes through something and you come out the other end of it. Yeah. So, um, and we weren't ever getting to that place. It was a lot of, we were starting to get silly and we were starting to less serve the scene, more serve. Where could I take this? Yeah. Um, and, and I think it was affecting our trust and I think it was affecting our product. And, um, so it was like, let's go back to our roots. What did we used to play? Cause that's the thing. Like people don't know that long form always had an opener, mm-hmm. at least when I was coming up. Oh really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that in terms of like the Herald, you know what yeah. I mean? Where I didn't realize that was like a core part of, I mean, at least around here, I don't know. Yeah. I can't speak for everywhere, but 
you know, a lot of the openers we're doing are the kind, the sets we're doing are the kinds of things we did when we started. Yeah. Like I said, it's really interesting to see you do games that we've all done. You know what I mean? It makes it more relatable on one level. And also it shows you how good some members of the home team are. You know what I mean? Versatility wise. Yeah. I'm just seeing like a thousand and one. Cause you know, we've, you know, I played that at the Sunday buffet uh, and my own class show and we all have and just to see them do it like oh I would have never thought of that you know it's like oh okay they're all like on another like I do see another level I don't know if you guys would well, agree with me I like seeing them change oh, it I up I wanted to do so much better at it. I mm-hmm. love seeing you guys change it up for the first time and maybe seeing a couple stumbles and yeah. singing like that's true while they're just like us you know they've got it's like that Us magazine celebrities. They're just yeah, like yeah, us. Yeah. With no makeup they go on. shopping. <laughs> they go to the movies. Right. It's like Russell Crowe eats at Chipotle. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> just people, you know, not deities. Living their lives. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the funny thing is that the cool thing that's happened lately is like we'll be outside the curtain talking while Hovich is setting up the set. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, that used to drive me crazy when I used to. I was like, shut up back there. Yeah. Uh, and, but it'll be like, you know, Lauren and I were just talking Monday night and it was like, oh, I'm kind of nervous and, and we haven't been nervous. And that, I think that's something that is really good. Yeah. You know, I was bummed though. Cause I was the one pushing for thousand and one and I totally biffed it. I thought it was good. Innuendo terrified me. Oh really? <laughs> yes. Why? Yeah. Well, it's that sexual. Oh, Okay. Um, so on like sexual type scenes make you uncomfortable in general? Yes and no. I mean, like I'm not afraid to talk about it. I guess I just don't. You don't like to act it out. I mean, I'll rock a serious. That's what she said at work, like all day long. Yeah, but I just I don't know. I, the crap you know that play with sex. I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of work, let's ca- uh, mm. move to the Detroit Creativity so, Project. Let's get through yeah. sex, let's get to work. <laughs> speaking <laughs> of sex, let's talk about the yeah the YMCA. Let's talk about the YMCA. Yeah, <laughs> so smooth, Tony. Yeah. Uh, so the whole the overarching thing is is Y Arts, mm-hmm. right? So can you describe a little bit of what you do as uh, executive director of Y Arts? Yeah, uh, Y Arts is the arts and humanities branch of the YMCA's of Metropolitan Detroit. So there's like twelve probably more branches i should yeah. know this but okay. uh so we're our own branch we're based at the uh downtown location of the bull family ymca mm-hmm. it's so my, beautiful yeah very nice facility. facility i took yeah. a, a film class down there once you did yeah years before improv that's what got me into it actually yeah, with mikey we brown to have a lab oh you took mikey's class yeah i think you only oh did it like God. once yeah it was like like four or five years ago now so. yeah and there was only like a handful of people in it yeah and they were all crazy. improvisers and me so yeah i'll tell that story one day i had no idea yeah wow. yeah yeah, so I oversee a, a series of arts programs. We have a, a media arts program for youth that's during the school and during the summer um, that Mikey Brown teaches on and, yeah. and my husband and, and another friend of ours, Rebecca Birdie. And then... Um, I should say Mikey Brown's a local filmmaker and... Uh, yes. Real and nice guy. Planet Ant. Uh, yeah, Planet Ant, yeah. He directed Garage, right? He shot it. He was the DP. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. And he has I a think. pug that he brings around. His dog maybe is... maybe he directed. He brings his dog around a bit to uh, Planet Ant. Beans. Yeah. Very friendly. <laughs> He's We're kind of done. twins. Mm. You and Mikey? Mm-hmm. Or the dog. Oh. So the uh, New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, yeah. I didn't cut you distracted. off, Heather. Look at Heather like murdering me with her eyes like right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, she's... Okay. You gave her an emotional. We need to snap. have a working with women workshop, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. we encourage saying. her to speak up. That's true. And then, and then she, she speaks up and you shut her down. And then she yells <laughs> exactly. at us. Yeah, I let the story play Same. out. Come on. 
I'm just saying, I would be on the back ro- line rolling my eyes at you guys right now. All right. Uh, what were we talking about? The fact that I'd be on the back line with you, I'd be amazed. You know, like, wow. <laughs> It'd be worth it. Uh, the, the YMCA. Okay. The programs yeah, you oversee. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was thinking the long way. Yeah. So, yeah, we have a media arts program. Uh, we also partner with the Detroit Creativity Project to put on the Improv Project. And we're in, like, uh, eight schools right now, serving about 300 kids. Yeah. And then uh, we have a theater, uh, a gallery, a community choir. We do on-site classes in pottery and a bunch of other stuff. And then an outreach program that's in a bunch of schools with 21st century funded programming. And as executive director, you oversee all of this? Yes. So how long have you been doing this? I started there as a teacher teaching improv. Yeah. Uh, And so I've been at the Y for about nine years. And, and like everybody left at one point, like <laughs> look down and I'm holding the ball. It's like playing it in all over again. You know? I know. <laughs> Stick around long enough. The endurance, you know, yeah. like. <laughs> I feel like that thing when you're at a, a, you know, a bar or something and they're like, whatever band that is in town that just played a show is probably going to come here later. Yeah. Right. And then like this happened to me. I don't know if anybody in the world remembers Zoots. It used to be a coffee house downtown. Oh, I do remember it. Oh, I yeah. love that place. Um, and I was sitting there one night and they were like, the black crows are in town and they're going to come here later. And like, if you know, this is like the corner coffee shop, like they're, yeah. the black crows are not coming <laughs> to suits. But yeah, I sat my behind there all night. Wow. You know, there's some hipster that just makes up these rumors, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't even have hipsters then. Was oh, like yeah. 97. <laughs> <So>. There was <laughs> that one guy who's like, I'm going to be a hipster before it's cool. They were, right. they, they were I mean, just they poor people. Like hipsters, they just didn't call yeah, them they were just poor people that shopped at thrift stores. So. <laughs> right. You know. right. Talk about the connection to, like, because I think a lot of people think that Why uh, Arts is the Detroit Creativity Project when they're actually separate right. things. How did that come to be? The The project itself, the partnership? Yeah. Yeah, because well, like a big challenge with Why Arts is like we are one of those best kept secrets, so people in general don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, but basically, uh, Mark Evan Jackson and Beth Hagenlocker are a couple, and Mark is in the three one three and 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 in everything now. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's on uh, what's that show on Fox? Uh, oh yeah, that show. He's on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Great on, show. He was in Twenty Two Jump Street, and he's yeah, and. Just a ton Been of shows. Modern Family. And yeah. Like, he's like showing up everywhere. Geico commercials. and Yeah. Um, so they approached me because they wanted to start, you know, a program for youth, underserved youth uh, in improv. And I just happened to be at the Y serving underserved youth with arts programs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like kind of kismet. Yeah. So, um... So it's been a, a really amazing journey um, to work with them. First of all, it's people that are like, you know, if you go through Second City with someone, they're pretty much like your army buddy or yeah. like an old, you know, you know, close, close friend. So even if you're not together all the time. So uh, it was nice to kind of uh, have a reason to be in close contact. Did but you work the starting cru- something from like the ground up? Did you work the cruise ships together too? No. Okay. Mark moved to LA um, pretty early on because hmm. the cruise ship was after we did Second City Novi. Okay. Oh yeah. How about just real quick? How was your days in Novi? Um, it was nice to be back. Yeah. Uh, it was a long drive because I lived on the east side. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I, I think the environment change was was a real challenge for satirical theater company. Yeah. So bad time for you. No, it got me out of a day job that I was kind of done doing. What was that? 
I did that for something. I'm so glad I left. Yeah. I was uh, working at uh, the law school at Wayne State. Oh, okay. Like a secretary mm-hmm. gig. Um, so, and then, you know, John and I were working together again. Oh, wait. One last Novi question. Sorry. I can't help myself. It's fine. Hate, love, or ambivalent? <sighs> Novi? Yeah. I would say currently ambivalent. Okay. But at the time? I was more perplexed <laughs> than anything. <laughs> You know, I think, uh, you know, when we were used to doing this in the city, and this was not Detroit today, you know, mm-hmm. this was, most of the stuff we wrote there is actually coming true right now. Yeah. You know, um, so so people coming to the city together then was this sort of strange fellowship of like, we all did it, we're all together from yeah. all different places. When you go to somewhere like Novi, it's much more... Is homogenous the word? Yeah. Um, well, that's a great word, actually. Or homogeneous. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that might uh, be a compliment or homophobic. I don't know I what don't that know. is. Yeah. A homogenous. But also you have, like, you know, artists are by nature typically blue-collar liberals, uh, and their satire is going to be in that direction, and you're in a place that is typically more conservative um, background. So we got a lot of fascinating response yeah. we were also known for having diverse casts and pushing the envelope about race yeah being from there i'm sure you can imagine that wasn't an extremely comfortable no i situation. i moved to Novi in 1990 and there are not many situations where i become like acutely aware of my race <laughs> and that was one of them we went to 12 oaks mall and it was completely white like i remember like Thing, like even everybody that worked at the mall like no asian people nothing like wow. it's like i stumbled onto this like we, me and my dad went to we were buying me a pair of shoes uh, for school that we said stumbled onto this white enclave like we walked in the footlocker and they looked at each other and like it's over you know that was the feeling you know it was like Doors they were open yeah it was like they were surprised to see us like what are you doing here you know so it was like pleasantville and everything yeah kind color. of it was very it was a very odd feeling well, the funny thing is now though that's different, right? Like it's yeah, nobody actually in the last population yeah, and, in the last census, uh, the most people, uh, the largest migration of Black people from Detroit was to Novi. Really? Yeah. I'll tell you what I really miss about Second City being in Novi was that Japanese store. Oh yeah, the market. Yeah. Yeah, it's still there. Because it's so great. Like, uh, what am I gonna get for lunch? I'll just run over to the sushi bar. Yeah, and yeah. Like in the back, super you know. awesome fresh sushi. That's when I learned about it. Like, or like sushi places, like in the back of uh, re- uh, like Japanese grocery stores, like Noble mm. Fish and Colossum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same same deal. Oh, so good. But anyway, I might cut that up, but I'm not going to because it's about Nova. Anyway, so <laughs> um, I know I was worried. So, going to push it too far. <laughs> no, like, no, you can yeah, never. We you had can some never... really racist moments. Yeah. Out there. <laughs> 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 Oh, believe me, I'm not even getting close to the racist moments I experienced oh, in Nova. God. So, but anyway, um, going might as well have just been like, "This is you." Like, <laughs> <laughs> hold well, up a big to, mirror. Yeah, to be fair, though, I mean that was one of the few moments like I was really acutely aware of it. The other was an sure. improv, frankly, but we'll get to that later. Okay. But like the Detroit Creativity Project. Um, so, where was the funding for that originally? Did that come out of the Y funds, or did they raise money on their own when they came to you? Initially, before there were a 501c3, we just, we did. I mean, they did the the lion's share of it, but we did sort of communal fundraising. And we do we have an online fundraising system through the Y. So they were bringing donors to us uh, to support it, uh, and they also got some um, some foundation or grant funds as well. Yeah. And then once they became a 501c3, then they could just have you know they they throw amazing events and uh, and other things to. 
uh, support it. So including um, uh, they have a show every year at Diff at mm-hmm. the um, the Bowl Theater or whatever at the yeah the Marlene Bowl Theater. Yeah, the program fascinates me and perplexes me a little bit. I'll I'll say why is that. Because it the target is um, kids in Detroit schools, mm-hmm. which are largely black kids, mm-hmm. and it, they actually do an amazing job. For how long is like a typical program for like? It's a ten go- week class. And do kids do it for more than one year? Uh, if typically? depending on where we are and if if they are remaining in, with the same teacher, yeah. For example, like Cast Tech, it's their readers theater group. So yeah. some of those kids have been in that class successive years, which yeah. is kind of cool. Like. One of the things I love about working with the Y and that I miss about being a teacher is building those relationships with young people. Mm. And um, I, I really love working with teens because they totally get sarcasm. and Yeah. <laughs> that's, it's innate. <laughs> right. Um, and that, you know, you can, you can talk to them on a certain level. So I miss that. But anyway, yeah, some of them, you know, we do a fall semester and a winter semester. And, and we're staying in a lot of the same classrooms because really the best advocate we have is the classroom teacher yeah um if they're on board with us the whole thing is amazing so typically is it teachers coming to you and like recruiting saying please come to my school or do you just like have a rotation okay, schedule question how do you like get involved like if you're at a school how do, would you get your school involved Initially, we just started with people that we already had relationships with. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a teacher at uh, Western International High School in Southwest, Pat Butler, that I had worked with before and I knew was really cool and they kind of opened and let me do stuff. Yeah. And then I had a friend who knew someone at Cass and then there was another school. One of the schools, the teacher saw an article about the program and, and emailed me, you know. Uh, but then after a while, we're, we've been starting to build a sort of recruitment, um, you know, approach or plan uh, with materials and then it's really interesting though when you're trying to work with schools because you're getting in through one of two doors you're either getting in through an administrative door or through a teacher side yeah um and either one has its pluses and minuses there are times when the administrators bring you in and the teachers are like What's this thing that my boss is bringing me again? Which yeah. anybody would do in any job, yeah. you know. Uh, More and then work. There's other times when the teacher brings you in, where nobody else in the school really knows that you're there. Oh, <laughs> you know okay. what yeah. I mean? You just like come in, and then they walk like, "Who are you?" Is it strictly a volunteer thing? Like the kids sign up for it, or is it like you're doing improv? Typically, it's during the school day, and it's usually in a class that is relative to. So it'll be a drama class, an English class. Um, a speech class or something like that. Like, have, do you ever run into things where kids are like, I don't really want to do improv. I want to do drama. Like you have like reluctant kids. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've also teach in some adjudicated youth facilities too. Um, like kid jail. Okay. Basically. Kid jail. Uh, and I've taught <laughs> one of those and it, it's like probably the most transformative experience. I, yeah? I, you know, it sounds like you have to say that when you're like teaching jail. Yeah. But... I just want one person saying, <laughs> I didn't do shit. Yeah. No, it's a trip because, well, I mean, one of the things with the whole improv project is like, you know, y- you're bringing joy. Like you can, you know, for funders, you can be like, their communications skills are going to go up. They're going to interview for jobs better. All that stuff that is, obviously a byproduct Mm -hmm. but i mean some of these kids need to laugh they just need to laugh and be silly and like let their hair down and stuff the thing one of the things that was a challenge for me was you know they would get into talking a lot of like gang or drug related things that i didn't know yeah and then i wouldn't even know that we'd gone into like a danger zone yeah and then like one of the you know guards would be like all right that's enough of that i was like why what you know like all the time what are they talking about
Or sometimes it'd be really depressing. Like you'd come in and be like, "Oh, it's really cold out there," and they're like, "Really?" Oh. And you're like, "Oh, wow, yeah." Kinda. Now, did you ever run into any of those kids outside? Like after they got out? No. Like at an improv setting or anything? You know what I mean? Like you know, like later in the not in the, the DCP youth okay. kids, but uh, yes, kids from the program. There's kids from the program that come to Monday nights. I have uh, seen them more out. recently, and that's mm-hmm. what I was going to ask you because it does seem like while there are like you'll see them occasionally, there's not very many of them that seem to like. Enroll. Enroll in classes or carry on with it. You know, or you'll see them periodically. And I was, and this is kind of going to like a general thing, which I was talking about before, like talking about like when I perceive my race, which isn't super often. One of those times was definitely when I started taking improv. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Because it's super, it's very white, you know? It's white dudes first yeah. and foremost. Yeah. And in plaid shirts with, you know, cargo pants. Yeah. Like, or maybe <laughs> blue checker pattern shirts. Right. And buttons. Vans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But hey, Jim. But. <laughs> He had to check what he was wearing to see if that fit the description. Yeah, you fit the profile, Jim. How vans. about that? I don't own a pair of vans. Yeah. Why do you think that is? You know, like if you if you have it there, because I I was a little surprised by it. Frankly, I thought there would be more like non diversity. Yeah, diversity. There used to be. Um, really, Second City was very determined yeah, yeah. to to have those casts have diversity, which mm-hmm. I miss. Um, but I don't think that you know. Improv being white is a Detroit problem. No. I think it's a genre problem. I agree, but I thought, you know, because De- um, yeah. Sorry. De- sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you. But good. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is yes, it is a Detroit problem, but I will say that Detroit is well, it's highly segregated, but it also there yeah. is a diversity in it. And specifically there is a youth program that targets largely minority yeah. kids. So that's been going on for a couple of years. Yeah. So um, And that is that is for me personally, I can't speak for the whole program and the partners, but for me personally, that is a secondary goal of this is yeah. to bring that diversity to the table. I think some of the challenge with the kids that are coming out, depending on the school they're in, some of them, you know, are going away to school uh, or college or whatever. Yeah. Um, and some of them may have barriers to continue, like getting to the ant. Mm-hmm. or paying for classes. Uh, and that's something we're looking into. It's like, what's the future of that? How do we keep these kids that we've engaged in it? Because yeah. they get the bug just like any of us. Well, you know? yeah, I, I think it's a shame because seeing, you know, like last year when a diff couple of us went to the Y show and we'd never seen these kids before. And, mm-hmm. you know, they've just been doing improv for what, like 10 weeks at that point or, or were they possibly 20? Cause okay. that's the summer. So, but I was like, wow, they were really good. And then never saw them again, which is a shame until recently. Like I would say like in the last month, like a group of them came in and they were, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, these kids, these guys are good. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's a shame if that talent goes to waste. Like yeah. they're not. One of the other challenges though, quite honestly, yeah. in my job is when your job is youth mentorship, right? And you are teaching kids the arts. Having been someone who made a career out of the arts and it's challenging. <laughs> and it's definitely like, it's not one of those, it's not like being an engineer or a lawyer or someone that makes money consistently and has health insurance and stuff yeah, like that, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes you worry about like really encouraging a young kid from an under, you know, privileged background to go into something as unsure as the performing arts. Yeah. 
but so talent notwithstanding couldn't you just say it's like a hobby you know like pursue it well i'm not saying they shouldn't yeah but it's definitely something that you're like yeah do i really want to you know because you know what are the it's hard enough when you have advantages yeah you know that's true i don't know i there you know it's interesting to talk about this because there is this whole school of thought about encouraging kids to dream yeah you know is there a danger in that because in a lot of other countries that's not a thing you know what i mean it's not <laughs> they're encouraging them to like, live yeah well, well <laughs> you know frankly where my parents came from they were it's not about dreams it's about surviving and having yeah. you know uh, money or if you you know grow up in the situation but there there are there is a downside i think you've uh illuminated it very well about dreaming because it doesn't always pay off it doesn't always come true but i also think that i don't know i would say that you should still encourage someone even even if it's as a hobby i think it really it's ultimately up to people it's that kid like you can tell them to dream all you want and they can't so i wouldn't personally i guess i'm telling you what to do but i'm saying don't feel the advice no problem i'm mansplaining mansplain away i I mean it's like you can be on a bowling league and not have dreams of being a professional bowler yeah yeah even if your dream is small i think it's important to have like a a little dream yeah well i mean i never have really wanted fame Mm -hmm. ever yeah i mean everybody does the like you know oscar speech in your car to yourself yeah but i mean in the beginning i just wanted to do this stuff and then now i just want to make money yeah (laughs) <laughs> so, I really so you um, get weirdly pragmatic as you get older you're like yeah oh. that's why i like that you know show about mama Cass that i wrote i'm like oh that's like my jersey boys if i could just like learn intellectual property law or something and get that thing off the ground you wrote a show about mama Cass? Mm-hmm. okay Did, has it ever been performed or no because uh, we've of... done staged readings with music uh-huh. um several times i see but it's just a uh, it's an ip thing yeah, I mean, the songs are um, copywritten because mm. it's all Mamas and Papas stuff. Oh, okay. And then um, it's her life story, so I would have to have her family set up. I mean, I could probably do like a try it until you cease and desist letter, but yeah. not a lot of theaters are really hip on taking that I know. chance. Um, so, yeah. How many people come to you and think Mama Cass died choking on a ham sandwich? Um, It's pretty common. It's I actually wrote it into the show. Oh, you did? Whatever. Okay. Oh, it actually happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's kind of a speech about that damn ham sandwich. Yeah. Does everybody think I died from it kind of thing? Mm-hmm. But yeah, no. Being the executive director and being in like such an administrative role, how is that for someone that has a theater degree coming from a creative background? Was that a big adjustment or is it still a big adjustment or do you... The boss that brought me into that job was a th- is a theater person. Yes. And um, she had talked about some article or book that was like, if you have any job to fill, you should put an actor in it no matter what it is yeah. on a fake it till you make it kind of thing. And like, I only recently told my, my current boss, like, you know, I, I'm still really not sure what I'm doing. Yeah. But I think what works out great about it, cause it's like budgets and like math and yeah, stuff, well, yeah, you know, no. like, um, but the thing that works out really great is the people that work for me, I started in their doing their job. So I have a golden rule approach. You know, I'm not going to call you in to work because they're artists. I'm not going to call you in to work unless you're paid for it. Most of the time, you'll probably be fed. 
uh, you're going to get at least this much if you teach a class. Your time, your travel time, and your prep time is going to be paid for. Like, there's all these things that, you know, and I'm going to give you plenty of notice on when things change, and you know, just try to be as courteous with them as I would have wanted to be in that position. So. It's like you're trying to make sure that they can pay their bills and survive. Yeah. So that we can incubate talent so that they don't leave to larger markets. and then That's not the American way. I know. What kind of communism is this? Did you ever think about leaving for a larger market? Or mm-hmm. have you currently, like, do you still have that as a possibility? No. Hmm. No. There was one time, well, yeah, there were, there have been definitely different possibilities. And quite honestly, if John and I hadn't gotten together when I left Second City, I probably would have moved to Chicago or something. Oh, really? Is his but, mom's name also Margaret? Was it Margaret? It was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was she a was weird coincidence. Yeah. And mm-hmm. his dog's name was Maggie when we started dating. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Trifecta. Uh, but there was a point right after the 313 was formed when everybody had that first wave had gone to LA. Yeah. And um, they all came back to play some shows at, at the Hastings Street Ballroom at the time. And um, man, the funks cornered me with a giant thing of Kool Aid. <laughs> and just like hot, full court press. And by the time I got home that night, I was like, all right, John, we're putting our house on the market and we're going to move to LA so I can join an improv troupe. Yeah. You know, like that's the job you're moving for. Live in the dream. Live in the dream. But, you know, he was in the middle of going to school uh, <laughs> yeah. forever. Never ends. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, we're a couple, right? You know, it's like. I think. Yeah. My sister just got married. My brother-in-law was telling me a story. They just bought a house. Mm -hmm. And the first house they went to, it was with his real estate agent that he uses to buy rental properties. And he really liked the house. And he's like, "Uh, we'll take it. And then they just drove home. And my sister's like, "Uh, you know, I don't like that house. You know, like, you never asked me. And he's like, you know, I didn't even think about it. And he called the real estate agent. He's like, yeah, I never even put in the bid. That's hilarious. Um, so what are your hopes for Planet Ant like in the future? They're really, I mean, part of this improv boom. They bought the theater across the street. Is it now? I've heard like people bandy about that. Maybe they'll have like house teams. Like, uh, There's definitely talk about house teams. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Um, you know, there, there's a certain amount. I, I only have so much involvement just time-wise right yeah. now. Um, but I think it's a great thing. I mean, especially with... The how do you get on the home team being such a mystery, right? But also how do we, because we only have a limited number of slots, how do you keep people engaged if that's like, well, six people on the home team have to die before they're going to, or move to LA before they're going to add anyone. Yeah. Um, So. That's a good way to invite assassinations. Right. Hmm. I shouldn't have said die. I know. (laughs) It's going to be really ugly. Well, were you mad when Steve Forbes was named to the home team and immediately moved to LA? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I was extremely mad. But only because we, like, at the time, hit it off as really good friends. Mm -hmm. And then, so it was like, oh, cool. And, like, everybody wants him on the team. So, cool, we're going to hang out. And you're what? I'm sorry. (laughs) But that was also, like, I had a bad run for a minute there. Because the same summer, Nancy and Jamin moved. Mm. And those were, like, two super, you know, tight homies. Yeah. And then, like, right after that, I got tight with Forbes. (laughs) I put him on the team. And he was like, ah, bye. And I was like, I'm not making any more friends. So who are you tight with on the home team right now? 
That's going to be the next person to move LA. That's what I predict. <laughs> I know. It's Mark. Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, exactly. probably. Yeah. Uh, you know, Garrett hasn't been around for a while, but we're pretty good. I mean, Mark is like more the like I spend time with him outside yeah, yeah. of their friend. But I mean, they're all friends. Do you socialize yeah. much with the home team? Does the home team socialize much with each other outside of? They probably do more than I do. I mean, I fell off of the, you know, staying up late wagon a long time ago. Yeah. Or got on it. Yeah. I I think I messed that up. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) On the wagon. Yeah. The driver fell asleep. The wagon went off the road. (laughs) It's right. You have died of dysentery. Yeah. Yeah, but they do socialize a lot. I mean, it's it's definitely a family. That Mm -hmm. home name is, is intentional. Why do you think improv is booming so much in this area? I said booving, by the way. I meant to say booming. <laughs> Does that sound French or something? Uh, the booving. That's what we always talk about, smile talking. Do you ever like, notice that when there's some people who, yeah, like, we... their bottom lip just hits the bottom of their teeth when they yeah. say certain It's things. very upper crust. Travis does it a lot in his like characters. Oh, yeah. like the, I call it upper crust guy. I'll ask him about it next week. Oh, is he next week? Now he is. That's now the power give, we have now, Margaret. <laughs> now I want to give you a bunch of questions to ask. Him, but oh, you could really if we stop recording. Shitty. Yeah, yeah. Oh, get, give us the <laughs> shittiest questions yeah. ever for him. It's a Joe and Travis best friend. Yeah. Episode. Oh, yeah. They told me about that. Yeah, Heather booked That's that. Precious. She put that together. So That's a good idea. Props to her. I'm surprised they didn't try to talk you out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mansplain. <laughs> we tried to. She cut us off. Yeah. Oh. Tables have turned. That's oh. the sound you hear. But what was the question? I don't know. But you know about uh, planet. It's something about booving. Where's yeah. planet? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about? That's right. Uh, well, I think uh, the boom. The what? boof. I think we all owe a decent amount of credit for the growth, initial growth to go comedy because you know, like. Second City closed in Novi, and Improv Inferno closed, and Planet Ant was like, like hanging from our fingernails on a ledge. You yeah. know, it was like, and then mostly playing shows for friends. Um, and then uh, there wasn't a lot of new people coming in because we didn't have a lot of classes, and we never were the intro class place. Yeah. Um, so when Go Comedy opened, and then they brought a bunch of people into the mix. And then, um, but then something happened at the ant where it was like, I don't know, like the hipster telegraph line really like, <laughs> dee, 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 like they just started showing up. I, it was partly like the free hot dogs. Oh, I and remember like, that. You had free yeah. hot dogs? Oh, I never, yeah. I've never. Hot Jamie was in charge of that, right? Mm-hmm. And then he left. What a great idea. Yeah. Well, it was like, we need to fill the seats. Yeah. So Jamin would cook out hot dogs and kielbasas before the show. And no more admission than the five bucks to see the show. And you yeah. would get hot dogs and better maids and pop and stuff. I didn't know about that one night. I ate dinner and then I got there and I was just so mad Dang at myself. It. Did you eat out of spite? Yes. No. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, you're not gonna turn the hot dog. Is down. that where the Polish dinner uh, or Polish village food comes? Like uh, after the opening, like your show? Yeah, we've always sort of done that for okay. openings. Yeah, but then like yeah, this hipster crowd kind of found it, and then you know, Planet Ant started classes up again, and then um, and then all these offshoots because wherever there's classes, there's gonna be stuff popping up. Yeah, you, you're kind of like almost training your audience, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, so wait, so um, what period, you said start, classes started up again. There was like a period of when there wasn't classes being offered? So yeah. Classes? Yeah. Because like, like I said, it was like 10 years of, of me doing long form and then whatever additional class we put on the roster. We did do an intro class or we would do a character class or yeah. whatever. 
and then, you know, I kind of dropped off the map and then they were like, let's formalize this whole thing. So everybody got together and, and they made some curriculum and, and levels and stuff. Oh, okay. Um, and now there's like 90 some people in the training center, which yeah, is amazing. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, and then it offshoots, you know, and now pointless, uh, breweries open and comedy sports and, you know, have you performed at, like, have you done stuff at go? Stuff and, uh, yeah, I play, play at go, you know, probably a handful of times a year. Mm-hmm. It just depends on what it was. Nancy and I, if she's in town, we'll play the all night stuff you know oh, okay for uh Tim. yeah snow day are you playing at uh diff this year yeah mark and i registered and then i still have to talk to nancy to see i think she's gonna be in town so we'll oh that. that'd be cool so actually do you have plans because one kind of theme that i've heard from uh some of the more senior members at planet n is garrett um yet again they want to do workshops mm-hmm. do you have plans to like expand that because right now there aren't a lot like there's jamie moyer workshops but mm-hmm. relatively speaking relative to the number of people that seem to want to teach workshops that and that people would want to sign up for those workshops yeah i don't know because uh, i don't do a lot of the that scheduling now mm-hmm. i know i've talked to them a few times about doing a women one mm-hmm. um or improvising with women, I'd sign up for that. Well, well, the funny thing was, I, you know, I was upstairs <laughs> pitching the idea of like, you know, the thing is, these women, these all women workshops are great, but um, it's in a vacuum. So for me, I wanted to do like, you know, like a two-hour thing, and maybe the last half hour, like bring in a few guys. <laughs> oh, it's like the, yeah, it's uh, like a self-defense class. Yeah, <laughs> okay, is that what they do? Yeah, they bring the guy in, and each woman takes turn kicking him in the balls. He's oh, got, okay. He's got like a padded crotch, and then they practice on him. Uh, this is more like how to deflect off sex what moves. the man is doing. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, actually, it was funny because I was like, yeah, so I, I wasn't even finished like pitching it. I was like, I have to probably bring in a couple of guys and Cheyenne was like, I'll do it. Yeah, you will. Put him in the, the in. rubber suit and stuff. <laughs> right. and or like the dog attack, like padded. <laughs> suit, I, right? I will say, like when Sean goes into something sexual, you seem to give him the shortest shrift of all. Like you'll like immediately start out like, yeah, let's go on a date, and then you're already rolling your eyes. Like here we go. <laughs> well, my eye roll for Sean has a, a certain amount of love in it because mm-hmm. I don't know how he pulls off what he does. Yes, I mean he goes so like comic book fantastical. Like there's always a you know, a treasure map under someone's hair or like, <laughs> you know, but it's, like it's always a, very matter of fact, you know, like, yeah, this is, the, this is what's happening. Yes. And he, but the thing is he believes it 100% and completely invests everything he has in it. So you, so I can still do it even though I'm not a head plot player yeah. because I know where the emotions go. Yeah. You know, when he's like, they're coming, they're coming for us. The aliens are here. It's like, ah, you know? Yeah. Do you have any goals, uh, finally, well, for me at least, uh, as an improviser? Uh, goals as an improviser Like for right me? now, because I know you said you wanted to get more back to character work, but and then you also start off this by saying you're definitely not a master of improv. Well, What I, are you looking to If you attain? think you're a master of improv, you never will be. Yeah. John. I think you got to get Asian thought with this, like, you know, of you're always a student. And, or Eastern. <laughs> I know. I was like, what was that? I, I was, was really confused for a minute. <laughs> I was sucking up to you. That makes sense to me. <laughs> I appreciate Zen. that. Zen. Zen, Eastern, yeah. you know. It's like, what you gotta get to I was Asian raised Catholic. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> but you, you, you can't ever say, I got this, because then you, you're done. It's like yeah. a plateau forever. Because that used to be always a thing. Like, the first stage 
I used to always make too many sexual metaphors. Like you pretty much start improvising the way you start doing it is like mm-hmm. too fast and, and spirited, but not impressive. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, and then you get to this second level where you like, got it. Mm-hmm. That we that used to be Turco for us. We're like, I got this. <laughs> and then you're like a cocky, non-listening prick, <laughs> you know, yeah. who completely stagnates until they have a set that's so bad. It's like the, you know, pre-rehab set. <laughs> Basically like the darkest before dawn. And then you go, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then... That's the workshop I want—the rehab, improv rehab. <laughs> right. Well, that's kind of what boot. That's what kind of boot camps are, you know. But I mean, what like is a boot camp like? Do they go hardcore on you, like yelling at you or something? Oh, no, that'd well, be great. Like the Gary... Jenny Jones guy that would yell at people, <laughs> except for improv. Yeah. Oh, the sergeant, yeah, guy or whatever, yeah. I I was like my college acting teacher. Oh, really? Like, <laughs> like everybody, they were gonna break you down. You know, like nineteen. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, okay, start your monologue, Margaret. Okay, everybody get a paper out and ball it up and start throwing at her while she's <laughs> doing it. Or like, <laughs> yell out insults. Everybody drop like, your pencils at the same down. time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, goals for me for an improviser, though, I mean, I guess. Do you uh, have? I mean, it's okay if you don't. Yeah, of course. I always need to do more physicality. Mm-hmm. Maybe... Be a little less judgy on the back line. No, I, I, well, I will say I know that we had a home team meeting not that long ago, which we oh, don't really? have. Okay, because um, we're trying to, you know, is um, it like on like the real world, like a house meeting? <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. Well, we took pictures. Okay, and then it was like, well, what do we want this team to be? You know, uh, and <laughs> I was like, I gave them three categories. I'm like, what is it? What do you think we could or should be? And then what is shouldn't it be? Mm-hmm. And on the shouldn't in the shouldn't bucket, somebody was like, I really think we shouldn't talk on the back line so much. Maybe we shouldn't like, you know, make faces either. And I was like, I wonder who that one's for. And did they run out of the room like afraid after they said it? No. Okay. (laughs) I know. I'm just kidding. Sometimes that's my favorite part is watching someone on the back line just be disgusted. Yeah. The thing is I just don't have any poker face sometimes the backline conversation bleeds over and it's hilarious Mm. uh cucumbers mark oh my god i was just telling that story today Uh, mark Mark sobolewski didn't know that cucumbers came from pickles and he's looking at sports cucumbers come from pickles whatever what i just i don't know what i just said the pickles are cucumbers that are pickles apparently i didn't know it either so you gotta de-pickle the cucumber to get a cucumber i grew up saying gherkins okay guys don't judge me Instead Thank of you. pickle? No, that's not true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Liars. Improviser. Improviser. Ah. All right. Guys, the other thing, too, yeah. with the face thing, I just have to like, defend myself. I enjoy it. Okay. Well, because you have to know that, like, for a half hour to an hour before the show starts, you know, they've been goofballing. And I've been rolling my eyes before we even hit the boards. Yeah. You know, like Travis, if Travis shows me this stupid goat video one more time. Ooh, which one? It's like some. Is it where the goat makes like a human cry? The woman makes like a weird thing. It's like a newscaster who's like, you know, basically talking about the fair is in town or whatever. And she's like, these goats are, I should know the words by now, but I don't. These goats are, hey, don't eat my skirt. Ah! And then she like falls down. It's like the duration. Oh, I've seen that one. It's good. No, it's not. (laughs) He's trying to do that thing of like repetition makes it funnier. And then like by the 
10,000th time it gets like super funny. Yeah. I don't have that kind of patience. Like they did a whole thing on South Park about that. It was like they? one of the early episodes where they're making a fight like in the chef's lab. He's like, "That's stupid," and they all keep laughing. He's like, "Okay, now it's funny again." Yes, <laughs> which is a, I think, a typically I'm generalizing male thing. Mm. Uh, it's but, like an Asian thing. You just <laughs> <gotta keep> saying, <laughs> I think it's called Zen. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, in Asia they say "come correct." That's what the terminology. <laughs> But I think if you hang out with the boys enough, like I've had a couple of those who are like, all right, you're right. I got real money, yeah. But yeah, they make me crazy. They just have to imagine. But they enjoy getting you. that rise out of me too. So it's a symbiotic relationship. I agree. I I say don't get rid of it because I think the audience really enjoys seeing it because it's something you don't see anywhere else. Like, you know, and I think it's unique to the home team. It's like I don't see you in like bottle of red and like Nancy <laughs> no. does something, you're like, give me a break. Oh, you know? <laughs> Nancy. Yeah. I think it's unique to that, and I think, and like I said, I think it's like is your role is like you know the the den mother or the mm. the Don uh, something you know the Don, yeah the Don Corleone <laughs> Alpha Wolf yeah the, the Alpha Donna. Wolf yeah yeah the Corleone. Donna mm-hmm. yeah the head bat yeah. yeah what you know the bat always has the head of the flock of bats and it's the most important one is this a video I don't know <laughs> it's just something I made up that's what I thought. <laughs> Like you know, yeah. Oh, he does yeah. that all the time. Yeah. He, that thing, I'm totally we, we had a game. He, Heather, and I had a Game of Thrones discussion that went on for like two weeks before he admitted he's never seen the show. I mean, I've seen 15 minutes of an episode, nah, right. exactly. But he taught. He's he's a good bullshitter. That's wow. a good quality and improviser. Do Guys, you enjoy yeah. like like fooling people that you're telling the truth? I just, you know, he likes I just want to be, join in. He likes to be included. <laughs> he wants to be part of the conversation. <laughs> But, I don't know though that can really burn you oh it does all the time yeah <laughs> <laughs> when people ask I'm upfront about it yeah like yeah I just lied right there yeah absolutely <laughs> they get turned off though right he doesn't pretend to know like he'll bullshit like just to a certain point and they're like what he's like no I don't really know yeah care. people are like really I'll be like no I just made it up yeah it's just a lack of sh- <laughs> it's a lack of shame that's like always baffles us we're like what, what? I think that would be off-putting for me oh really yeah <laughs> <laughs> we love it <laughs> okay uh, now this Sorry, is, not to put you on blast or anything. Yeah. No, it's all right. You got to come correct. Yep. You do. That's what the podcast is all about, coming correct. <laughs> God. Guys, That's you, why we made this podcast. Tony said, uh, we need to teach the Detroit improv community to come correct. Yep. We're going to bring in be... all these people so that John stops lying. Yeah, Wait, exactly. Heather wants to say something. I, I was going to say, I think that might be the name of my podcast. Come correct. Come correct. Yes. Well, Margaret might sue you. She might call uh, Michael Owen Smith and he'll <laughs> consult her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you'll end up renting a house from her somehow. I don't know. <laughs> I think I already owe someone from the 90s royalties. Yeah. Anyway. Like Heavy D, whoever wrote the li- <laughs> Living Color theme. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Margaret, thank you so much for being here. Really oh, appreciate it. Margaret, me. and our show opens uh, June 3rd, joining June 3rd to 25th at Planet Ant, Alone with Friends, mm-hmm. which she wrote. Check it out. We definitely will. And again, uh, you know, thanks for kind of founding this and we're like i said we're here because of this and so, and some smaller so be You're proud or be, be proud or wait till you get to the car and be ashamed okay <laughs> margaret Ebertowski, everybody all right i don't know is there anything urgent that we have to bring up podcast wise or because we're going pretty long heather do you want a woman explain anything to us yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was an awesome look. Yeah. 
That was like, that was like a mar- line mar- worthy. That was that a mar- <laughs> everything I dreamed of. That was a Margaret level uh, that side was great. eye. I'm proud. Padawan. <laughs> so Heather nodded and then she shook her head. My favorite part <laughs> is she started to respond before she realized fully how horrible what I said was. That was masterful side eye. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Those are my feelings for okay. this week. All right. <laughs> John, do you have a fact of the week real quick? Yeah, I'll bring up a fact of the week here. Let me unlock my phone, my right. Galaxy S7. Now you can go on the internet even faster, maybe. I don't know. But you use Send me a free internet. S7, Samsung. Also, JB's outside. He's outside? He's been there for a while. What? Heather, you could have invited him in. Yeah. What did you tell us? Yeah, like, you tell when us? the phone rang, he was outside? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, dang. No. Okay, I got a fact of the week. Heather doesn't care if JB dies that outside. Is, that is so <laughs> no, bizarre. I, I told him we were recording, and then, I, and then he was like, well, I was going to see if you want to hang out afterwards. And then he's like, I'm just going to head over that way. So he's in the driveway? Or? I don't know. He just said, I can see Jim's head. <laughs> well, you know what? Open the door and wave him oh, in real quick. We have to have him the on door. the show now, right? It's, yeah. It's bizarre. <sighs> I mean, he went through all that. <laughs> this is so bizarre. Why didn't she just tell us? We'll have to catch him up on Come Correct, though. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> Actually, we'll ask him a quiz. We'll say, one of us said Come Correct. Who was it? And oh, so okay. Okay. Is he coming? Okay. He drives a smart car the way it's a tiny little car. Really? Yeah. And he's a tall guy. He's there was very a bunch of the Second City people who did a promo for Smart Car during the auto show. Yeah. And my husband was one of them. And he was actually like, oh, you're really surprised. He's like 6'4. Yeah, like, it's surprising oh, how he well he fits in there. there. I'll give my fact. That's a good husband voice. I wait for JB. Oh, here comes Boss. Check it out. It's JB. How long have you been out? Oh, wow. Wait, no, no, wait. Let's oh, do wow. this on the mic. Why don't you share the mic with uh, him, Heather? <laughs> yeah, okay. with Heather, you didn't, didn't tell us you were out there. JB sitting with the band. Okay, Heather did not tell us <laughs> until two minutes ago. You, yeah, that's it. That is not nearly and the same thing. Like, oh, I, you didn't say anything else. Like, yeah, you muted exactly. the fa- so, You hung up on him. So it's our fault. Anyway, JB, how long have you been waiting outside? I don't know. I just started listening to podcasts. And then I was chilling like a... Oh, and I was just relaxing outside. I'm like, well, I know they've been starting early, so I'll take a chance. If I get bored or have to go to the bathroom, I'll just go somewhere else. Did you pee outside my house? No. Okay. Are you lying? I am not lying. You had a bottle in the car? I will go to the bathroom right now if if you need proof. Okay. Is there a... Leading closer to the mic, please. Sorry. Uh, Is there a question you have for Margaret? We might have asked it already. This is our guest, Margaret. Hi, Hi. Margaret. We've never met. You're very talented. I've seen home team performances, and it's amazing, and I hear wonderful things about you, and I don't have any questions. Okay. I was going to say none of those are questions. I know. All right, JB, we have a question for you. Yeah. John, why don't you give the fact of the week, and then I'll ask the question. Okay. I'll do a Jungle Book fact, because the movie's so hot right now. Okay. So hot. Have you taken your son to see that, or is he at the movie age? Uh, He hasn't been to the movies yet, but he watches a lot of movies. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie. We know. The snake, Ka, uh, in the Jungle Book is portrayed as a villain in every single movie adaptation. In the original book, he saves uh, the kid's life twice and is considered a mentor and a friend. Interesting. Oh. I think that's part mm. of the United States puritanical roots in the snake. Yeah. The Garden of Eden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't try it on me. Yeah. So, anyway. JB, we'll end the podcast. Jim, why don't you grab that guitar? Yeah. We're going to ask... Uh, during this podcast, one person brought up the phrase, come correct, as in, you best come correct. Tell us which person came up with the phrase. John Yar. 
<laughs> no. I'm Tony Gussie speaking for the wizard. <laughs> the handsome Jim Harper. The warrior John Yard. I love the handsome Jim Harper. The made and true Heather Anonymous. Guys, if you've been listening, you know the answer to the question, so I don't even need to tell Jamie until we get off the air. I Once will find again, out on t- next Tuesday. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. don't tell him. Once again, th- thank you very much, our special guest. Go support the Wise, support the DCP, support the Planet Ant. They need their nonprofit and they need some money to pay for that new theater. And go see <laughs> Alone with Friends. Hey, uh, Margaret, am I incorrect in saying that there are uh, shows at Cadu Cafe which support... The, uh, they Detroit do support Creat- the Detroit Creativity Project. Yes. Yeah. So go see those shows. Yeah. Yeah. We promoted them previously on the online. podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're doing good work, and we're part. We're Thanks. a result of some of that work. So feel good about Thanks. yourself. Damn it. Thanks. I All will. right. You're the best. I'm your host Tony Agassi saying, "Play us out, Jim." After improv, always comes correct. <laughs> 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 All right. Very good. <laughs>